Today we continue in this series that I'm calling Taking Care of Business. We're going to finish it up this week, and we're thinking about how we as Christians navigate the world of work. How do we live out our faith in a work situation? Now, sometimes that can be a challenge, and our different places of work create different challenges. Maybe we're self-employed, or you're the boss where you work, the manager, the supervisor, or you work for somebody. Maybe it's sort of both ways. Uh, maybe you're a farmer. We all have different situations where we face challenges to living out our faith and work. But we're finding biblical instruction that helps us navigate those difficult waters and understand what it means to be a Christian in the marketplace. Now, I mentioned a little, <clears throat> a little bit in this series that I worked in the finance industry for a time before ministry. And I can remember being in that situation and not ever doing anything that was illegal, not doing anything that was unethical. I mean, we followed the ethical standards for our business carefully, but, but also sort of feeling like, and something's just not right. I mean, we dealt with loans that were medium to high risk, so people were paying for that medium to high risk in the form of high interest rates, and I saw what that did to some families, some individuals, and it just always felt like it wasn't exactly right. And maybe there's some parts of the business, business that you're in that make you feel a little bit the same way because of the way you have to treat people, because of the way you're forced to interact with people, you value certain people over other people. I don't know what it is in your place of work, but there may be something about that that you're struggling with, something that makes you feel like this is just not right when you feel how that is in your gut and it's a struggle for you. And so we're thinking today about a concept, a biblical principle that I think walks us through this, that helps us understand how we should treat people in the workplace. Now, it's not anything new. I'm not going to give you something that you've never heard before. And in fact, this book's been around for a while. So when we talk about biblical principles, lots of us have heard them. But the thing for us to do is to hear what the Bible says and then apply that to our lives, to our situations, to understand what is this saying to me in my work, in my family, in my place in life, and how do I understand it? Now, it's also a biblical instruction that I think you'll find we've talked about before and we've pulled from other places in Scripture. We've heard Jesus talk about this. We've heard Paul talk about this. We could turn all the way back to Moses and hear him say things that are similar to this. But today, I want us to turn to the book of Isaiah. Because he says it maybe in a little different way, but, but teaches us the same kind of principle. And we're going to be in chapter 58. If you turn to maybe the middle of the, your Bible, you'll find Psalms. Go a little bit to the right, and you'll find Isaiah. Big, long book of prophecy that we find in the Old Testament. Isaiah was a, a really important prophet. All of them matter, because all of them had a word from God for the people of Israel. But this one was hugely important, formative for the people of Israel. Isaiah... Uh, prophesized to the people during this time when the kingdom is divided and, and we're heading toward what's going to become a captivity. But the people are there and he's calling them back to God. They've really begun to stray, to ignore God's principles, to ignore the way that God called them to live. And he's calling them back to God, Yahweh, the God of the Old Testament, and to obedience. And in many ways they are ignoring him. But he's threatening with them with what God has said, that there's going to be a price to pay for this disobedience. And he tells them over and over. And a few people hear that. <clears throat> and in fact, a few of them say, you know what, okay, 
God's calling us back. We want to be in God's good favor. We want to follow this God. <coughs> Excuse me. Anyway, um, so they, they decide, okay, we're, what we're going to do is we're going to uh, set a day of religious observance. We're going to call for a fast for God, okay? Fast. We're not going to eat all day, and this day is going to be devoted to God, and surely this will get God's attention. And God will look on us and be happy with us, and, and everything will be better. And so they do that, but then they come back to Isaiah and say this. Listen, Isaiah. We had our day of religious observance. We had our religious holiday. We did something that should have appeased God, but what we're noticing is we don't feel any closer to God. And in fact, we're pretty sure God didn't even take notice of us on that day. And then we hear Isaiah's response, really God's response through the voice of Isaiah. And we pick all that up in Isaiah chapter 58, verse 3. And we begin with the people coming back to Isaiah for an answer. They say, why have we fasted? Okay, this is the people of God speaking. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? God, why didn't you notice? We did something religious. Why didn't you care? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? And here's the answer through Isaiah from God. Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please. And you exploit all your workers. Isaiah says you call this religious holiday, you call this day of religious observance, and then you act like you do every other day of the year. Yeah, maybe you're not eating on that day. It's a fast day. But you're doing the same things you always do. You take advantage of people like you do every other day of the world. You do as you please. And then he continues in verse 4. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife. When the fast is over and you sort of end the fast with a big meal, it's like a big brawl. How in the world could you think that would be pleasing to God? And then he ends, you cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. How in the world could you think that you could call this day of religious observance, this fast day, this religious holiday, and then act like you always act and end up in a brawl with one another and think that somehow God is going to be pleased by all this? Because he's not. I mean, we can do something religious ourselves, right? We can go to church. We could even have a special day that we call some kind of holiday, and we could say that's God. But if we're doing the same things we always do, the message from Isaiah, and we see that message echoed all the way through Scripture, then that's still not pleasing to God. And in fact, Isaiah says, okay, if you really want to know what God wants from you, here it is. If you want to know what kind of fast, and he's sort of using that word loosely, sort of as religion, okay? If you want to know the religion that God wants from you, let me describe it. It's not just saying, hey, we're going to do something religious here. Wake up, God, pay attention. It's actually changing the way that you live. And so he says in verse 6, this is what a fast should look like. Is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen? Okay, God speaking, this is what I want. Is this not the kind of fasting I've chosen? Here it is, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. 
to look around us. For the people of Israel to look around them and see who the world is ignoring. See who the world has beaten down. To see where there is injustice and take note of that and do something about it. That's what God wants. Not just a religious holiday. Not just a day that's set aside that we say, hey, this is important because it's God's day. He wants us to actually do something with that. Verse 7, is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Isaiah is saying, listen, if you want to know what God wants from you, Look around you. Where do you see people in need? Where do you see the hungry? Where do you see people who don't have enough clothes? People who don't have shelter? People who are being taken advantage of by others? Take note of them. Deal with the problem. That's what pleases God. Now my guess is this is not what the people of Israel wanted to hear. You see, declaring a religious holiday, that's pretty easy, right? Put it on the calendar. This is God's. We're not going to eat. We're going to come together for a big party at the end and get drunk and have a brawl. But hey, the day is for God, all right? Taking note of injustice. Caring for those who are in need. That was much more difficult. The people of God tended to not be as excited about that as they were about religious holidays. And so he says the way we treat people matters to God just as much or more than our religious observance. Now, does that mean God really doesn't care whether we come to church? I don't think that's what's being said here. Certainly not to the people of Israel was Isaiah saying, hey, you can now ignore all of God's commands about the Sabbath day and the Ten Commandments or about the religious holidays, just don't worry about those anymore. I don't think that's what Isaiah is saying at all. What he's saying is you have made all this religious observance empty because you're going through the motions of all that stuff and ignoring everything that God has said to do. And when you do that, you make a mockery of following God. And it is no wonder that God is ignoring you because your lives are not pleasing. Okay, we take that. What do we learn from it? It's a simple lesson, a lesson we've heard before, and it goes like this. We treat people the way God would treat them. We try to look at people the way God would look at them. You know, this just goes back to everything that we've learned through Scripture about how Jesus treated people, right? All this stuff that Isaiah says, hey, look at people who are in need. If you see injustice, deal with it. If you see people who are hungry, feed them. If you see people who don't have food, feed them. What did Jesus say? The same thing. It's just echoed in Jesus' words exactly what Isaiah says here. We can turn to Matthew 25. Read that this afternoon. You'll hear Jesus talking about the same things. If we're going to be followers of Jesus, we've got to take note of the people around us. So let's bring this back. It's a general principle, one that we've heard before. Treat people like God would treat them. What does that have to say about our work? How does that impact the way that we do our work tomorrow? Well, the first thing, there's three quick things I want to say about that. The first is, it goes back to our mission. 
he reminds us that this is all about loving God and loving others. But it also tells us that loving God and loving others is not something we just do in this room, right? It's easy in here, easy to, on Sundays to come together and say, hey, we love God. We're even going to sing some songs about God. We're going to talk to God about how much we love him. And here we are with our Christian friends, our brothers and sisters. This is a community of faith. And we're going to celebrate loving God and loving others. But it gets real hard on Monday to do the same thing. Because it's a different world. But loving God and loving others is not just something we do in this room, in this building, at Taylorville Christian Church. Because we are Taylorville Christian Church. And our mission as a church is to love God and love others. And there is no way we fulfill that mission in this room. We do part of it here, but it's got to filter its way through the lives of all of us as we live with our families and as we do business and we work in the marketplace. That has to be part of who we are and what we do as a church. Now, that doesn't mean that loving God and loving others says that every Monday morning we have to go to our place and sort of have a hug fest with all the people that we work with, okay? Uh, Ken and Zach and I, we don't come in on Monday morning and give each other a big hug, all right? Just not us. But what that does mean is we interact with people that we work with, customers, employees, employers, co-workers, who at clients, whatever it is, in a way that shows that we love God and we love others. Second thing that this helps us remember is that we have a responsibility to the people around us. And not just the people that are easy to love. Most of us have worked with someone along the way that was not easy to love. And maybe it's not just your coworkers. Maybe you have customers or clients that are going to come into your place of business tomorrow, and man, you hate to see their car pull up because you know it's not going to be fun. Okay? These are not pleasant people. And yet... Here's Isaiah telling us, treat people the way God would treat them. And we encounter people in our week of work that are going to have needs, that are going to be beaten down by family and friends and our culture. And we're going to encounter people with physical and emotional and spiritual needs what this passage reminds us is we can't just say, hey, I'm, uh, I'm going to have a fast day, but I'm going to ignore all those people in need. I'm going to do something religious, but I'm not too concerned about all those people that I might encounter that have a need. That's just too much for me to deal with. I don't think I want to handle that. That's not okay with God. God says we have a responsibility to those people even when they are not easy to love. And it leads us to the third thing, that we need to help people in need. Now, the truth is, we can't meet all the needs of the people around us. We, as a church, can't even meet the needs that are in just our community. It's too much. Now, it's easy for us to list all the stuff that we can't do. I encounter too many people during the week that I can't help. Okay, but here's the question. With the resources and time that are available to us, as Christians, with all those people that we encounter during the week, what can I do? 
What is it that I can do? What can we do as a group? We've got some things we're going to talk about over the next couple of months that I think will help us with that. But even as individuals, as you go to work tomorrow, and there are going to be people in need around you, not just physical need, not just the hungry, maybe some of that too, but people with emotional and spiritual needs that are going to be there. What can you do? How can you interact? I know that there's no way that we can just all give away all the goods and services that we produce for free. You don't stay in business doing that. But how can we partner with organizations, in our, even in our community, that are there to help people who are struggling? How can we personally reach out to the people around us? Maybe not all of them. Maybe not everybody. But somebody who needs justice in their life from someone. Who needs someone who will deal straight with them. Someone who is even just willing to listen to their need, much less try to meet a need. What can we do? What can we do so that someone knows that God loves them? Because of the way we love them. Here's the thing. We're so much like the people that Isaiah was speaking to. It is easy for us to do something religious. It is easy for us to come in this building. We're all over it. It is easy for us even to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in one of those Bible studies, small groups, whatever you call them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and be part of that, and I think I'll learn something, and it will help me. And we can even be all over that. We could even have a fast day. We could have a prayer event. We could do something awesome that is so religious. But do we take note of the person who needs justice? and mercy, and kindness, in the name of Jesus Christ? That's the question this passage is challenging us to answer. Because although God loves our worship, God loves for us to come together and sing his praises, and gather around the table, and hear from his word. God loves more than that. God wants us on Sunday, but he wants us Monday to Friday as well. What can you give him in the midst of your work? Let's pray. God, we need to be challenged to be more than just religious, to do more than just religious things, but to be followers of Jesus as we interact with the people we work with, the people we work around, the people who come in our places of business, the, the people that we encounter this week who will have a need. God, help us to notice and help us to take responsibility for the things that we can do. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe today you're here and you recognize that it's time to respond to the message of Jesus. Put your faith in him to repent of your sins and to be baptized, to be immersed into Christ. Or maybe you've done that and you want to be a member of our church. Love to talk with you about that. We're going to sing a song. You can come forward or you can catch me after the service. Love to talk through your next steps of faith. Let's stand together and we're going to sing our invitation.